Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 104 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. We will look back at the weekend that was in Las Vegas. Also look ahead to the Phoenix race weekend, the final race of the West Coast Swing. We'll also have our news and notes and our Ask David segment coming up at the end of the show David Starr joins us right now. Dominic Oregon from the RacingExperts.com is also here with us as always. Uh, guys, uh, another week in the books. Uh, glad that we're here. Dom, I'll, I'll start with you today. Uh, you and I out in Vegas, stayed in the Sahara, had a good time. A lot of good-looking women out there. Uh, good time had by all. <laughs> it was a great time. I mean, the casino was a lot of fun, just the strip, the experience going around, the sightseeing, but of course, the action at the racetrack, being at the Sahara. And I got to say, too, this was the first time I've ever stayed on the strip during a race weekend. So definitely a different atmosphere, a different vibe this time around. A lot of fun. I, I recommend it to anybody. At least do it once. If you're going to a NASCAR race in Las Vegas, stay on the strip. Oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, I love Vegas. This is my second trip. Race was fun, good time, a little windy, a little too windy, to be honest. But other than that, a uh, heck of a, a race weekend. And uh, I, I, I went out Saturday night, and I rallied to uh, make it to the racetrack Sunday, so I called that a successful day at the office. Uh, David, you didn't make it out to, to Vegas with us, but uh, we had a good time for you. Well, man, I appreciate that. I kept up with everything, and uh... – you know, uh, my my team, uh, Kyle Weatherman, is driving the O2 car with our motorsports. I had a great race, and uh, man, it was just a bunch of great racing there. You know, just disappointed that I wasn't there racing. I love racing there. Want to want to race there before, but just uh, you know, you talk about the atmosphere, the racetrack, the beauty of all the mountains. Uh, you know, when you're at the speedway and you you can see down to see the big old Las Vegas Strip from the speedway. It's just it's magical, you know, and just, uh, you know, hearing, hearing Dominic talking about, uh, you know, staying on the strip for the first time, you know, I mean, I've been racing there for a long, long time and there's no other place to stay, but on the strip, you know what I mean? <laughs> the, uh, the, the energy and, and all the people and just, uh, you know, and, and, and like you guys were saying, if you've never been to a NASCAR race in Las Vegas, I mean, it's just, it's over the top, just all the, casinos and 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 the, all the everything you can do and see and and uh and then you go see a great race at the las vegas motor speedway just it's a it's just an exceptional weekend of racing when they race there in vegas well david you know, i know that when you've stayed there in the past for the races over the years you've stayed at the riviera the caesar's palace you've gotten in frequent quite a few of these properties yeah i mean it's uh you know, here, my, my good friend, Brendan Gone, who I raced with for, you know, over 20 years, uh, you know, his family owns a lot of different casinos and I've stayed at their different properties that they, that the, the Gone family has owned. And now they, they, they own the South Point, which, you know, I'd say 80, 70% of the team stats South Point, but, you know, it's on the, it was, it's on the West side of the Las Vegas uh, strip. But man, you know, over the years, just all the different casinos and, you know, uh, the Bellagio, I mean, just, you know, you, you got to stay at all the different ones to kind of see the difference and, and just, you know, they're over the top. They're just all beautiful and it's amazing all the people in there and how beautiful they are. It's just, I don't know, even when there's not a NASCAR race and you go to Vegas, you're still just blown away of, of how massive everything is in the the new this and what's being built and now the, you know, the new stadium there for the, for the, uh, what is it? The Oakland, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, the, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, a it's just, a an awesome place to go have a great time. And then they have a NASCAR race on top of it. that's just a big bonus. You know what I mean? And, and I'm glad you guys had a great time. A lot of great racing happened this past weekend, and I was just, uh, you know, disappointed that I wasn't there to be part of it, but I was busy back here working at my racing school, getting stuff ready. I got a lot of racing schools coming up, but uh, but anyway, what a great weekend of racing you guys uh, uh, got to witness. Oh, it was uh, it was incredible. I uh, had a, a great time, and ultimately, at the end of the day, 
It was uh, William Byron getting the win. Guys, let's uh, let's start there this week uh, with with William Byron getting it done. Um, Dominic, he had the dominant car uh, throughout much of the day. And I know that, you know, Chase Elliott didn't race this past week, and he's going to be out for a bit with that, uh, you know, injury that he had to his leg in the, the uh, snowmobile uh, accident. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. Um, but the way that he raced, William Byron did, and was the class of the field and his team beating that five car off pit road and everything, my, my overreaction Monday, if you want to call it that, I think I, I'm willing to say, I, I know it's only week three, but I got a feeling, Dom, that 24 team and William Byron, this might be their year to be the flagship team of Hendrick Motorsports. Two years ago, it was Kyle Busch and, or, or Kyle Larson. He went on to win the championship, winning what, nine races. Last year, Chase Elliott won five races, more than any other driver in the sport and uh, was the team to beat at Hendrick. This might be William Byron, that 24 team's turn. It could be. Last year, too, William Byron, I believe, was the first driver among the entire Cup Series competition to win multiple races. He knocked off the win in Atlanta, and he goes on to win in Martinsville a few weeks later, and it looked like last year could have been that, but he's won even earlier this season. And he even said it on Sunday, talking with the media and doing his interviews and press conferences, that he's never flat-out gone out and dominated a Cup race like he did on Sunday. Granted, he did get some help from that late race caution, but that's right. NASCAR is a team sport. It's a team effort. It's not only the driver. It's also the pit crew, and that pit crew was able to get him off first. That made the big difference. That race goes green. Kyle Larson cruises to that victory. Had that played out different on pit road, Larson had gotten ahead of William Byron at the end of pit road, we'd be talking about a Kyle Larson victory. That pit crew was clutch too, Tyler. It was an all-around effort for William Byron in that 24 team, and it's only the third race of the year. This could be a breakout year for a very young part of his career and so many more years to go, the first of greatness. David, let me ask you, we've seen William Byron get better every single year and take significant steps. He said after the race that winning the first mile-and-a-half race and the way that they did it, it was a, a statement race, a statement race for them. Um, do you think – that William Byron can take that next step this year. We could be talking about him as a realistic championship contender here. Well, Tyler, I definitely agree with what you're saying there, no doubt about it. And, you know, William Byron is just an exceptional, just an awesome race car driver, you know. And the last, you know, over the years, he's getting better and better. But, you know, the common denominator when you're talking about Kyle Larson, William Byron, you know, it's it's Hendrick Motorsports. You know, the, the dominance of Hendrick Motorsports. How power, how how that organization and Dominic said it best. It's such a the organization, the teams. I mean, it's just the whole organization and and all four of their teams are championship caliber teams. You know, and you look at William Byron, and you know, you you look at who's really running the organization, led by Rick Hendricks, but. You know, Jeff Gordon's the, the – the I don't know if he's a vice president. I don't really know. He is. Yeah, vice chairman. It, vice chairman. I mean, but you, you have, you know, four-time champion Jeff Gordon there overseeing everything. And you got a young uh, William Byron with a whole lot of talent. And 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 what you're saying, Tyler, I, I, I believe we could be – seeing and witnessing a breakout year for William Byron. You know he's got the ability. You know he has the talent. You know he has an organization behind him, GM. And, you know, and I and I couldn't disagree with you. I, I mean, I, I this could be William Byron's break, breakout year, you know. And, you know, and, and like you said, if the late, uh, the late caution wouldn't have came out, you know, it looked like another Hendrick Motorsports car was going to win the race, you know. So, uh you just, you know, and we talk about it year in and year out, the, the dominance of Hendrick Motorsports, you know, but uh, but it wouldn't surprise me to see William Byron have a breakout year uh, because, you know, he's been strong over the years. And I think every race and every season, he just gets better and better as a race car driver. And this could be the breakout year for him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's gotten better every single year, but taking that next step, that championship level step, could be uh, what we're talking about for William Byron here. And, and and Dominic, David brings up a good point of when you look at these championship caliber teams, it's more than just the driver, right? It's 
everything else has to go right. You got Hendrick. Chevrolet looks like the class of the field through these first few races so far. Um, we know Rudy Fugel and him have a really good, you know, matching going on between those two. They're on a good page. Rudy's done a terrific job since moving to the Cup Series. And then it's, you know, Rick Hendrick up top, Jeff Gordon, Chad Knauss. Can't forget about him calling the shots as competition director and all that. Um, just all those things, all those pieces together. And, 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 and I would add this too, the 24 car, Jeff Gordon, as David mentioned, running the operation, they're taking, they take a lot of pride in that 24 car. Um, and, and Jeff in particular does. I mean, they're, they're going all in. William Byron is go, I think is going to have everything he needs at his disposal to try to make this championship run. Oh, certainly. And, and I believe William Byron's never advanced to the round of eight as a championship contender. That could very well change this year. You have a dominating performance like you did on Sunday. You have that well-rounded, all-around team effort. You got to think that the, the crew chief pairing that they have and the history dating back to the truck series and all those victories and being reunited in the cup series, him and Rudy, they are on to something here, Tyler. And five career wins really doesn't, really doesn't tell the story of just how good William Byron is and how that level, just the the level of competition that he's racing against. He's racing against some guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame today. We know William Byron will be a contender for that at some point, too, because he's just getting started. He's an Xfinity Series champion. He's got the five wins in the Cup Series. And, oh, he's only in his early 20s. He's going to be doing this a long time. William Byron's name is going to be very much a household name in the Cup Series. I do agree with you. Yeah, and he's good everywhere, too. Uh, yes. Winning a mile and a half. We've seen him win on short tracks, restrictor plates. Uh, he's good wherever he, he jumps in a race car. Uh, watch out. We'll see what uh, William Byron can do. We mentioned Team Chevy. Three straight wins for Chevy to start off the season. Three different winners, but three Chevy wins. David, uh, you're around that Chevy operation this year uh, there with our motorsports. Um, what do you think about what Chevy's done, this strong start to the year? Do you think they got something figured out, or, or would you expect the other manufacturers to catch up with Chevy here? Well, man, you know, it's so competitive on the cup side, you know, and I can assure you that Chevy, Ford, Toyota, they're, you know, these manufacturers, they're, they're, they're involved and embedded in the NASCAR for one thing only, and that's to win races, win championships, you know, and, and, uh, but, you know, having an organization like Hendrick Motorsports and you look at, you know, the RCR organization, Hendrick organization, Chevy behind it, you know, it's just, I don't know. Chevy's always been, Chevrolet has always been, you know, I think about Chevrolet, I think of championships and winners, you know, and, uh, you know, we're, we're not surprised by it uh, with the, the, you look at the level of talent that, that drives for these GM teams, RCR, uh, uh, you know, track house, uh, you look at, you know, Hendrick Motorsports, and you look at the resources that they have, the the sponsors behind them, and, man, it's just, you know, I, I, I'm not surprised by it. You know, Chevy Chevy's involved. They want to win races on Sundays and sell cars on Monday morning, you know, and, uh, man, it, it's always been that way. So, uh, but, you know, I, I think what we've seen the first, you know, we're, we're just freshly into the, the new new season. But, you know, we are seeing somewhat of a early dominance from GM, Chevrolet, you know. And uh, we know that the sport is so competitive. But, you know, uh, man, you know, from what it appears that Chevrolet's making a statement early on this year. You know, they're going to be a, a, a manufacturer. Obviously, they're, they're serious about winning another title, you know. And uh, so – I don't know. I'm not surprised by it because they they uh they're not involved in auto racing, all forms of uh, of auto racing uh, to to just to be out there. They they come to 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 contend, to win, and to win championships. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, let's talk about Chase Elliott now. Uh, gonna be out for a bit. Missed this past week's race uh, with the uh, injury that he suffered when he was uh, out. Uh, you know, doing his uh his snow thing and, and enjoying himself. Uh, you know, snowboarding up in Colorado, and uh, he's gonna. Kyle Busch says expect him to be out at least a month. We haven't heard NASCAR 
grant a waiver, although it's expected that he'll get the playoff waiver. With that said, uh, David, first and foremost, um, it was a freak accident, right? I mean, I, I don't think that there's – I mean, this could have happened to anybody. Chase Elliott deserves to enjoy his life. Uh, any of the criticism that he's getting for going out and snowboarding, uh, is that is that fair or foul? Well, I mean, you know, Chase Elliott, you know, just a, a great young man that's successful as a NASCAR race car driver, uh, championship, you know, championship driver. And, and you know, uh, you know, he works hard, represents uh, the sport. Uh, you know, he's a poster child for NASCAR and all his different sponsors. Uh, you know, the guy the guy works hard and, 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 and loves what he does. And, uh, I don't know about you guys, but you know, we all work hard and man, the fruits of your labor. I mean, if you, you know, you're out California, Las Vegas, you got a little downtime in between races and you want to fly over to Colorado and take in some snowboarding, you know, what's wrong with enjoying your life? You know, you work hard, you play hard, you know? So, uh, you know, uh, I, I, you know, a lot of competitors over the years that I raced against that are friends of mine. I mean, hell, they, you work your tail off and race your tail off. And, you know, you spend a lot of time with the fans and your sponsors. Uh, you know, what's wrong with going and, and doing something you really enjoy, you know? And, you know, that could happen to anybody. You know, everybody goes snow skiing and snowboarding and snowmobile riding and you know and and i've had some friends over the years uh, that that have some snowmobile accidents that you know unfortunately it took their lives you know what i mean that's that's dangerous and uh you know we we all know that you know i i you know to be honest with you uh i love to water ski i love going to the lake love the beaches you know but i don't think i've ever been snow skiing in my life which is bizarre you know when i tell people that they're like what you know and uh but, you know, you, you guys have heard, and there's been so many different accidents, you know, uh, snow skiing accidents, and I really can't really comprehend it because I've never tried it. You know, it looks like it, looks like it would be awesome, and I, and I look forward to trying it one day, but it is dangerous, you know. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's hard to, you know, uh, you know, anybody, no, no matter if you're Chase Elliott or, or a, a football player or baseball player or, you know, or any just any body that works hard in, in, in your profession, you know, you want to go enjoy yourself. And, and I don't know. I don't know if I can fault Chase Elliott for wanting to go snow skiing, you know, and uh, and, you know, and accidents do happen, you know, and uh, man, you just over the years, the different drivers you hear somebody got injured. This happened. It's just it's just just part of life you know it's just you know you you know it's an accident you don't expect it to happen and you definitely don't expect to injure yourself where you can't climb into your Hendrick Chevrolet you know Camaro to to go compete compete the next week so uh you know it's 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 a tough deal I, I mean I don't know to say you know you get out of your race car on Sunday evenings uh and uh, what do you do? You just, you know, you, you can't really do much of anything just because you're racing all year. I don't know if that's fair, but I don't know, guys. It's, it's, it's hard to really uh, navigate that that question, you know what I mean? Because I don't know. I mean, it's just a tough yeah. one. Well, and uh, Dominic, if there's any silver lining to this situation at all, one, Chase should be able to recover and be fine. That's the most important thing. Um, but two, it was early in the year. And Chase can have time, fully recover, still go win a race and make the playoff. Uh, and we've seen that Hendrick speed already off to a good start and everything. I, I would be shocked if Chase doesn't come back and still win a race or two and, and get in the postseason at this point. Absolutely. It's so early in the year. He might be out as, what, maybe five, six weeks. And, and that point you were making, too, on the charter, I think it's worth noting that NASCAR official Elton Sawyer, who's a former NASCAR Xfinity Series driver and winner, went on SiriusXM radio earlier this week and did say, we don't really see why Chase Elliott shouldn't be granted a waiver. Granted, they have to still go through and check all the boxes and do their due process on it. But recall, too, Tony Stewart had this issue in 2016. He was injured in an off-season crash. I believe they were racing dirt bikes or something out in the desert in Arizona or California. 
And he ended up missing the first eight or nine races of the season. They had Brian Vickers, Ty Dillon come in and run some races until he came back. Oh, he won a race. He won Sonoma. He was able to make the playoffs. We could see that with Chase Elliott. And to your point too, David, these guys, yeah, they're they're weekend grinders. They're living their dream job. But at the same point too, you have that public persona and that private persona. You're entitled to a private life. And that was something that was brought up this weekend in Vegas too, that these guys still need to live their lives outside of the race car. There's more to life than driving the race car. They are people at the end of the day, and they have their hobbies too and their interests. Chase Elliott could have been injured walking down the sidewalk. Right. David, real quick, uh, should NASCAR give uh, Chase that waiver? Well, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess I don't know enough about all the rules. Uh, for me personally, my personal opinion is I, I think they should, you know, but you know, it needs to be fair for, for everybody that competes at that level, uh, uh, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I just thinking about it, man, looking looking back on personally when I got injured back in 2002, 2003, I think the worst part of my injuries was going to the racetrack and watching some other race car driver drive my race car. I mean, I – I think that hurt me the worst, you know what I mean? Even though I was injured, you know, my injuries were were, were very painful. But, you know, for Chase, you know, um, you know, you know, it eats him up not being in his race car, you know. Uh, but, you know, to answer your, your question, Tyler, you know, I, I, I believe they should. You know, I don't know all the ins and outs in, in the uh, in the rules on that kind of stuff. Just as long as it's fair for – all teams, all competitors, you know, I'm okay with it. You know, when you, when NASCAR starts, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, sure, all the teams and competitors are as well, you know, because like you said, things happen. Uh, this was an accident, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we're all human. We all have personal lives. We all like to go on vacation, go water skiing or, you know, go hiking, go snow skiing, whatever, you know, and things happen, you know, so, uh, I just can't see punish him, not really punishing him, but uh, you know, if he if he's able to get back in his race car uh, and win a race, I think he deserves to be part of the playoffs. That's my opinion. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I, I agree. I think Dominic agrees too that yes. uh, that waiver should be granted. He should have a chance to compete for that championship. Uh, with that said, uh, David, uh, what an opportunity in that nine car for Josh Berry. Um, you know, he he's an older guy for, for being uh, as young as he is in the Xfinity series. But we know that he's a terrific talent and hasn't been lucky when it comes to, you know, sponsorship that he hadn't he didn't bring his own funding. And that's what kind of kept him out from moving up the ranks for the longest time. And then now we've seen, you know, this past year, the Xfinity series, Bass Pros gotten behind him, Black Rifle Coffee. And now here he is getting a shot in the Cup Series in about as good as you can get, that nine championship caliber car here. David, I know you like Josh Berry here. What an opportunity is for this guy to prove himself on the biggest stage. Well, I mean, I, I just think it's it's wonderful. In an unfortunate situation, you know, they, uh, you know, grabbing a Josh Berry out of the Xfinity Series, I think that's perfect, you know. And Josh Berry's story uh, – is just amazing. You know, it lets all the, all the men, the boys and girls or, you know, the people out there racing these short track, dirt tracks, asphalt tracks around the country, uh, in the NASCAR weekly racing series, you know, that this can happen to you. This, this is a possibility. If you work hard enough, dream big enough, be very passionate. You look at Josh Berry and you say, this can happen to me. So, you know, I, I love that Josh Berry drives for uh, Dale Earnhardt, Inc. I love that, that he's a champion. He wins. He's great. He's a great talent. And, I, and, I, and I'm ex excited that it was Josh Berry uh, that Hendricks gave the phone call to to put in a, in a replacement of Chase Elliott while Chase is inj injured. Uh, I, just, I just think it's a great Cinderella story for many, many reasons. And one of the biggest reasons, it just lets people know, you know, a lot of these, you hear, you know, I go to a lot of racetracks, uh, 
when I get done racing on the weekends at a NASCAR race somewhere, I'll, I'll find a dirt track or a little asphalt track. And, you know, you see these young kids, boys and girls that are very talented. And, and, they, and you, you go, you introduce yourself, you talk to them, say, man, I, I don't know if I'll ever get the opportunity because I don't have money, you know. And, uh, you know, I always just tell them, hey, man, anything's possible if you work hard enough, you dream big enough, and you don't ever give up on that dream. It's possible. And Josh Berry lets everybody know around the country that it is possible. And I think it's awesome to see him driving Chase Elliott's car. Uh, Dominic, uh, this past week in his debut, Josh Berry, he finished the race. Uh, they didn't run good, but nonetheless, I believe it was his first time ever in a next-gen car. And they completed it, which in itself was uh, a success. Uh, over these next few weeks, what do you think uh, would be considered a uh, successful run, I guess, for uh, for Josh Berry? What what does he need to accomplish here while he uh, fills in for uh, Chase Elliott over these next few weeks? I think personally for him, you want to be realistic, but at the same point, you're a competitor. You want to get the best finish you can. If you can't win, you want to be running as close to the front as possible. I would say for Josh, running as many laps as you can, getting as much experience in these next-gen vehicles, here is your opportunity to really showcase what you can do with a really good team. Las Vegas happened. It was so fast. He qualified 34th, finished 29th, a couple laps down. And I talked to them after the race on Sunday, and he just wanted to get as much experience as he could in the car. And he felt like by the end of the race, they were running competitive lap times. But, of course, it was a little too late, too late and his teammates finished 1-2-3 and 29th for Josh Berry. But Phoenix – I think we'll see a better Josh Berry. He has to run better. If he wants to show that, look, I can run in the Cup Series. I can run with these guys. He knows what's at stake here. This is his audition. That Hey, look, I can do this. I can go run up front. I can click off top 10 finishes. Tyler, I would say top 15 and top 10 finishes over the next several weeks would be great goals, obtainable goals. And I think it would just keep the conversation going of, yes, Josh Berry belongs, and he belongs to be racing on Sundays at some point. Yeah, and we've seen guys – have these opportunities in the past with Hendrick and Capitalize, case in point, Alex Bowman uh, right there. Uh, I think we all agree, had Alex Bowman never got a shot, never filled in for Junior in that 88 car, he would not be in the 48 right now. Um, I think we could say that almost for certain. With that said, uh, let's move ahead to Phoenix this week. Dominic, you're going to be out there. Uh, what do you make of this, uh, this Phoenix race here as uh, teams – well, I know it's a long ways off from right now. The championship race will be at Phoenix. This race, although it's the fourth race of the year, because they're coming back here at the end of the year, is, a, is way more important than most races that are around this this early in the season here. Exactly. It's only the fourth time since NASCAR moved to Phoenix. You have a race that you're going to run during the regular season and then a race that's your championship event. Because recall, we had the championship event at Homestead Miami Speedway but everybody kind of went in blind. It was the last race of the year, and that racetrack's first race of each and every season. There's a good chance here. And, David, you could speak more on this, too. As a driver, you work with your crew chief. You work with your team all season. I feel like you can really come to the track and build that notebook, what setups work in practice and qualifying trim, race trim, and at least have a general idea. I know you can't really copy and paste all that stuff 100% over to your next event, but I feel like as a driver and crew chief, you can at least work together and, and find out what works and what doesn't. This gives you a good idea of what to build for that championship race. You know, like we said, this is the fourth race of, of the of the new season. And uh, you got to remember the last race of the season, the championship race, to crown our champions, uh, was at Phoenix, you know. So it wasn't that long ago that they that we were we were at championship weekend there in Phoenix. And uh you know, I think a lot of teams will take advantage of maybe trying something new. Uh, you know, it's not a test because it's a race, you know. But, you know, I think the engineers and the crew chief, it gives you an opportunity to really, you know, you and say, I want to learn something. We want to try to be very competitive, try to win the race. But let's try something a little bit different, you know, and see if what, you know, look at the data, look at everything and, and try something different to see if it's better. And I would say this is a weekend to probably do that. You know what I mean? Because 
they probably got a baseline from just being there in the season this past season. Uh, they probably got a good baseline. And, you know, a lot of teams, hey, is that is it good enough? How, how have we ran with that setup? And, uh, you know, as an organization, I'm sure they're like, hey, we're going to try this, try that, and just to see if it's better. And if it's not better, we can go back to your baseline. Or you might you might stumble on something that's really good. So I don't know. I just think the first race here that's going to end this West Coast swing at Phoenix it will be somewhat of a, of, of a um, you know, kind of a, a test uh, to try different things. So when you do go back uh, on, on the last race of the season for the championship, you know, uh, to kick, you know, to crown our champions, you know, uh, you know, we, maybe what they found, you know, early on at the first Phoenix race, they can benefit from it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's kind of interesting, you know, but, uh, but definitely I think is a time to try something different. You know, they might be thinking different, this different, that, and the only way you really know if it's going to work is to plug it into the race car and see, you know, so uh, going to be interesting. It's always exciting. The races at Phoenix are always great. Just the way the, the racetrack is laid out. The restarts are over the top. I mean, you guys, y'all see those restarts oh, where they're amazing. four, five, six wide. It's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, but it's definitely going to be an exciting weekend of racing. And, uh, you know, one thing about it, William Byron's going to go into, into Phoenix race with a whole lot of confidence and a whole lot of momentum behind him, you know? So, uh, I don't know. It's just, man, I love watching them, you know, truck race, Xfinity race, cup race, Phoenix. It's just, uh, you know, you can run on the bottom. You run up there on the wall. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's just a great place to race. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you got to watch out for that 24 car Jeff Gordon Raceway, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dominic, uh, the uh, the Chevy teams uh, obviously going to be the ones to beat, in particular William Byron, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch. Who do you think is most likely to crack that mold of a non-Chevy team? Well, you mentioned Jeff Gordon Raceway, but I remember a time, too, during that era of the Jeff Gordon Raceway, where it was the Kevin Harvick Invitational at Phoenix Race. <laughs> I am pulling a David here, Tyler, but it was every week. You know, <laughs> David picks Kevin Harvick to win every week, but I think Kevin Harvick could be the one to break that mold in his farewell season. A guy that's won at this track nine times, the king of Phoenix Raceway. Kevin Harvick could be the guy to do that, Tyler. Yeah. I think you you might be on to something there. Uh, they should be calling it Kevin Harvick Raceway this weekend. Um, you know, forever, right? Uh, with that said, we'll, uh, our, our our official picks this week. Uh, I'm going with uh, Dom. I'm going with Kyle Larson. We've seen him win a championship at this place before. Came very close last week. Um, I think Kyle Larson gets into victory lane and it gets it done, keeps the momentum for Chevy going. Uh, you, are you sticking with uh, Kevin Harvick or do you like a Chevy team more, Dom? Man, the Chevy teams have looked strong this year, but I will say Kevin Harvick breaks that mold. I'm pulling a David. I, I got to pick Kevin Harvick to win Phoenix this week. And I picked Blaney twice this year. I've been going Ford camp, guys. You would think I'm a Ford guy based on who I'm picking. Kevin Harvick gets it done Sunday. All right, David. Yeah. Does, does your guy Harvick end Chevy's dominance here? You know, you know, just talking about the dominance of Chevy so early in the season, but you look at, you know, you look at Kyle Busch, you look at, you know, William Byron, you look at Kyle Larson, you look at Ross Chastain, you know, uh, Ross Chastain's teammate. I mean, you just look at the Chevy teams, all of them have been strong, you know. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to follow Dominic because I'm going to step out there because, you know, Kevin Harvick, it, it was Kevin Harvick International, Kevin Harvick Phoenix Raceway, because he dominated that place for so many years. And uh be kind of cool to see Kevin Harvick drive back into victory lane, you know, one more time there at Phoenix, you know. Um, but, man, it's so competitive. There's so – I mean, it just – there's so many, peop, you know, different drivers that can win the race Sunday. But I, I would like to see Kevin Harvick – pull off another win in this final season. Uh, so I'm going to go with him, guys. All right. There you go. Uh, our news and notes segment coming up next. Uh, still have Ask David coming up at the end of the show as well. Dominic, uh, let's go ahead and catch us up to speed on the latest headlines in the sport. 
Yeah, some of the, the you know the one we talked out throughout the show, and I think it just deserves a closer look there too. We know Chase Elliott's going to be out for a few weeks. Josh Berry's going to take the reins for most of the race. But what we didn't talk about is that Jordan Taylor is going to be taking the reins of the number nine car at the Circuit of the Americas. So Jordan took the social media announced that Hendrick Motorsports pegged him and said he was honored to be able to run the Circuit of the America race later this month for the nine team. He has the, the road racing background, run some IMSA races, and has done some work with Jeff Gordon. I believe they even teamed up. Maybe for a 24 hours a day tone, I might have that wrong. Please let me know in the comments if I'm wrong on that. But big opportunity here in a one-off deal to really showcase what he can do with Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, um, David, we don't see the road course ringers hardly much anymore. Obviously, this is a unique circumstance here. But uh, what do you make of uh, Jordan Taylor getting the opportunity there at Coda here in a couple weeks? Man, I think it's kind of cool. I don't know Jordan Taylor very well, but uh... – you know, every year he's he's a road racing ace, you know, and, and you watch him in the 24-hour Daytona races he brings. I mean, this guy is the Kyle Larson of of, of road racing, you know what I mean? He's uh, he's good, and uh, I think I think it's a great choice, you know. And, uh, man, what an opportunity for Jordan to get the call from Hendricks, you know. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, um, it's it was interesting when I heard the news but I, I think it's a great pick. The guy is just a, a road racing ace. He's very knowledgeable and one of the all-time best road racers. Uh, so it would be kind of, you know, it's interesting. It's going to be cool to see how he does. Uh, um, and I was kind of surprised that Hendricks reached out to him. You know, I would have thought it would have been somebody different. But uh, now that the news has come out, I, I, I'm excited for Jordan. And, and I hope he does well. You know what I mean? I think he's... Uh, you know, he's earned enough – he's won enough championships and races that he's earned the right to have that opportunity. So uh, I'm excited for him and hope he does well with the opportunity. Well, and, and Dominic, I, I would put it this way. Some people are going to say, you know, well, why not just stay with Josh Berry or whatever. I don't think it's a knock on Josh Berry at all. I mean, they've shown a lot of confidence to, you know, give him that ride right away. But at the end of the day, too – they're fighting for owner's points. They're trying to, you know, stay in contention and everything. Um, you know, they, they owe it to themselves to find the best option they can on the road courses, you know, evaluate every track race by race. It's not a knock on Barry. It's it's more so what Hendrick has to look out for their own best interests right now. And they're giving their team the best opportunity having Jordan in that nine car. You have an experienced road racer who has cut his teeth making his living as a race car driver, racing road courses. It makes sense. It's a partnership that really makes sense to put him behind the wheel. Somebody who's had experience racing different types of, of road racing events. And now we get to see him behind the wheel of the nine car. I think it's a good call, Tyler. Yeah, I think so too. Dominic, what else going on? So this weekend, we also had openers for the IndyCar Series and Formula One, but at least within the United States. TV ratings show that NASCAR was the top watch motorsport of the weekend now ratings were down from last year compared to this NASCAR race weekend, a few percentage points, but not by much, not by much. And comparatively to the other racing series, NASCAR really beat out IndyCar and Formula One. IndyCar had the opener there in in St. Petersburg and F1 in Bahrain. NASCAR is still the dominating motorsport of the country, and, and I think it needs to be noted too: these three were not going head to head to head; they were all at different time slots. You know, I, David, I liked that uh, that they were able to have a uh, all three races in different windows. Where if you're a, a gearhead, a racing fan, uh, on Sunday, if you wanted to, you could have watched all three races without being interrupted by the other one and just enjoyed yourself a day. Usually, we're only talking about that opportunity getting to happen, you know, Memorial Day weekend. But I would love to see more of this and. Maybe more of these doubleheader type weekends where NASCAR and IndyCar are at the same track, stuff like that. To me, if you can get these motorsports on the same page promoting each other, I think it's a win for everybody. Yeah, no doubt about it. I knew they did it in Indianapolis uh, last couple of years where they run the IndyCars, I think, the day before, right after Xfinity race and then the cup race on Sunday. But, you know, uh, it, it doesn't hurt to, you know, we're all – racing fans auto racing fans obviously we're passionate and 
love NASCAR, but you know, I, I just like all forms of auto racing, you know, and, and I love it when they cross promote when, and what I'm trying to say is if you can bring an Indy car, a double hitter, you got an Indy car race with a NASCAR race. I don't know. I, I just think it's good for Indy car racing and it's good for NASCAR, you know, and it's just good for auto racing enthusiasts. But man, to hearing hearing that uh, that NASCAR's you know NASCAR compared to the Formula One and the IndyCar race, it, it had the most viewers. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I'm proud of our sport. I'm proud of the NASCAR uh, our industry, and I, I'll and I'll say it now, and I've always said it. I think the NASCAR Cup Series is the is the world's largest, most popular form of auto racing in the world, you know, even though it's here in the United States. I think yeah. from a viewer, you know. Well, and, and I would say this, Dom, like, you know, yes, F1, I think, is the is the sexy of the three sports, if you want to call it that, the, the three series, the one that, you know, uh, is resonating probably most with the younger audience, but – NASCAR is still king in America, and even with the increased popularity in F1 and everything, I don't see that changing anytime soon. I think that uh, F1 still has room to grow, but I I don't ever see F1 being more popular than NASCAR in the United States. No, not overall, at least not for a while. And and I think maybe we might see a spike in November. Well, but then then again, we don't have F1 competing with the NASCAR race when they do have the Las Vegas race later this year. That will be interesting to see what the ratings look like from that event because of the hype and building it up kind of like a Super Bowl event and an elite event with tickets costing so much and so much hype going around that event. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Tyler, I could see Las Vegas F1 having the opportunity to have a really good ratings night, but outside of that, it's just not going to happen week in and week out. Not at this yeah. time. Yeah. Um, Dominic, uh Check your phone. I believe we have uh, one more uh, news item to uh, get to here that's uh, pretty juicy, actually. Pretty juicy. So Toyota is <laughs> looking. <laughs> yeah, this just in, right? Yes, Toyota looking to add more NASCAR teams to the 2024 season. Toyota's always been about quality over quantity. But when asked with SiriusXM if Trackside Racing would be interested in swapping to Toyota, Justin Marks said the team is going to stay with Chevrolet. Toyota's on track would be good for David Wilson and Toyota and good for his group over there, but it just doesn't mesh with track house, is what Justin Marks said. They're staying Chevy, Tyler. They're not going anywhere. Well, I mean, they've had been a natural fit with ECR engines. Uh, we heard Denny Amlin even say that right now, it's not Hendrick engines, it's not, G it's not Gibbs, that ECR has the best engines in the sport right now. So track house certainly taking advantage of that, but with that said, Toyota looking to expand some teams here. Um, David, you, you've run with Toyota in the past and, and seen how they operate and everything. I know you're with Chevy right now, but, uh, I mean, Toyota, the support they provide their teams, where if they, if they add more teams, they're going to go all in. You can expect if they add more teams, they're going to be competitive uh, where that may be in 2024. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, Tyler. But a couple of things, uh, talking, going back, talking about Trackhouse, you know, I don't know why Trackhouse would now, in their, you know, their, I think their third season as a, a cup team, they have so much success early on, um, winning races, almost won the championship. I don't know why you'd want to change manufacturer. What they, what they got going on with the, you know, with the, the, the engines and, and the support they get from GM and and the races they've won and almost winning the championship this year, I mean it, it you know it it would take uh, lots and lots and lots of money from Toyota to get them to change, you know, and and I and sounds like they might even thrown you know the bank at them and and they still didn't take it, but you know let me assure you that there's opportunities for organizations out there. Because when Toyota came, when they come knocking at your door, I can assure you it's hard not to jump on board with them because of the technology, the engineering. Uh, man, you've seen it over the years, you know, since NAS since Toyota came into NASCAR years ago. They don't just come just to participate. You know, they, uh, they bring a lots of resources, uh, and they're very serious about their auto racing and winning you know so 
I don't know, you know, hearing that Toyota is looking to expand their NASCAR involvement with other teams. Uh, you know, I think uh, we will hear news in the in the in the future sooner than later uh, that will surprise us. You know what I mean? And I think you'll see some teams that we probably wouldn't think that would jump ship. But man, Toyota does bring a lot to the table uh, from an engineering standpoint, technology standpoint, and. Uh, yeah, so I, I think when we start hearing who's going to jump over to the Toyota side, I think it'll be big news. Uh, Dom, if they go with an existing team, I, I was kind of thinking about it. You know, Roush is too invested in the Ford engine program. Same with RCR with Chevy. Stuart Haas, it's no secret Tony Stewart doesn't like Toyota, so that's probably unlikely too. <laughs> um, I was thinking about it, and – Legacy Motor Club intrigues me as far as a potential Toyota deal. Could you envision Jimmy Johnson driving a non-Chevy? Granted, part-time, but he and the King being involved in an ownership group with a Toyota team and getting away from Chevy. You want to make a splash with Trackhouse out of the picture, at least for now anyway. That could be the splash Toyota's looking for. That would be the splash. Not going to happen. Rick Ware Racing would convert over to Toyotas before we'd see Legacy Motor Club become a Toyota team. Jimmy Johnson and his loyal to Chevrolet. He's won his seven championships and 83 cup wins. I mean, he drove Honda and IndyCar and not Chevrolet. We're not going to count that. that that's separate. We're, we're looking just NASCAR. There's no way we're going to see seven time and his team affiliated because we know he's the one in charge. He's the man running the show now. I just don't see it. Stranger things have happened, but no. David, is there an existing team to you that, that stands out that could be a prime candidate for, for Toyota to look at? I would just say anything's possible. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, anything's possible. Um, you know, uh, you know, y'all know it takes lots and lots of funding to build these organizations to the point where they can win races week in and week out and contend for championships. You know, it takes lots and lots of funding to do that. So, you know, I, I would just say anything's possible, you know, and, uh, and we know that Toyota has very, very deep pockets, you know, and uh, uh, you know, so I think anything's possible. Uh, I can't really sit here and speculate on which team, uh, Y'all bring up a good point about legacy and, and, uh, but you know, anything's possible. I'm just, you know, I'm kind of, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, sooner than later who makes that jump. And I think we'll all be surprised by it, you know? Yeah, I think so. Um, before we get out of here, our Ask David segment coming up next, we ask you to submit questions to us, whether it be on Facebook at star podcast Twitter at Star Podcast, also uh, via email, uh, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com is uh, where you can find us there. And uh, Dominic, uh, in the inbox, uh, Feliz had a friend, uh, your wife, uh, that wanted to ask a, a question this week, right? Yeah, her, Elena said, you want, you want to take the question or do you want me to present it? You, you go, go ahead. T tell, tell the story how it came up. Yeah, so Felice getting to know NASCAR and just talking with some of her friends and just what we do here on the show and what David does outside of driving the race car. The Team Texas school got brought up, and, and it actually made me curious, too. Elena, her friend, wanted to know, so David, the, the vehicles that you run, we, we okay, we know that NASCAR vehicles take a lot of upkeep and maintenance. Engines are overhauled after every race, but for you at your Team Texas school, how often are you maintaining the cars? We know you're at the shop a lot, but does do you have engines break down? Does it do you have to overhaul things after 500 miles like a cup car? Do you have to do it sooner? Do you have to do it later? What what does that all look like? What does the maintenance and the upkeep of the vehicles you have at your racing school look like? Man, that's a great question, uh, Dom. And uh, you know, uh, just like any successful business, uh, what you put in it is what you get out of it. You know, and 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 these. You know, our NASCAR racing teams at Crisscross America, you know, we, you know, after each race, you know, you're obviously rebuilding cars and, and you know, uh, you know, inspecting parts and make sure there's no failures and 
replacing parts and you can only run, you know, you can mileage out parts just because you don't want failures. Uh, uh, you know, so our driving school after each driving school, uh, and now that I bought team Texas from my uncle Mike star, man, I'm over the top maintenance, you know what I mean? Because, you know, our product, our product is really our race cars. Uh, you know, when we have, uh, when we're open to the public and, have hundreds and hundreds of people that show up at, uh, to drive our race cars. You know, one thing you don't want is to have a mechanical problem. You know, it, it you know, we, we've been very fortunate over the years to really not have that many, you know, things are going to happen when you're, when you're having mechanical anything, but you know, for, for the driving school after each event, we, uh, we wash our cars. We start from the bumper and we go to the front bumper we check nuts and bolts. We look at, we look, inspect, change gear oils, uh, change oil. We probably do more maintenance than what's really required. Uh, and then our engines, we only run the engines. We'll, we'll run them about, you know, a year's time. We, we run them a year and then we, we take them out and, and put another new engine and have that engine freshened up, new pistons, new rings, you know, re redo the cylinder heads. But, you know, uh, any successful business, you have to really stay on top of everything. And one of the biggest things for a NASCAR racing school is to make sure that you keep everything is fresh, maintenance, lubed up, uh, greased up. And uh, man, y'all know how, you know, you, you guys know me personally. Y'all know how I like everything perfect, you know, and uh, the guys that work for me, you know, we, they, they, our routine is maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. If something's broke, we fix it. Something's scratched, we paint it. And, uh, but it's a pretty, I spent a lot of time here. It is, you know, what time is it? 11 15 on a Tuesday night. And you see where I'm at. I'm at my, my shop, you know, and, uh, but you know, it's, it's, you know, when we go back to, you know, any job and any profession, you know, I, I'm, I'm very passionate about NASCAR racing and being a NASCAR race car driver. And now that I own a NASCAR racing school, I'm very passionate about it. I love every aspect of it. And, you know, you, you work your tail off, but if you love what you do so much, you really never work a day in your life. If that makes sense. But, but to answer the question, there's a lot of maintenance to go into maintenance up as many race cars that we have that make up team Texas high performance driving school. Very fascinating. Uh, interesting. Great answer. Yeah, yeah very great answer. Um, next question in the inbox uh, comes from Megan. Megan wants to know, David, we know that NASCAR drivers are athletes, but I want to know, could you or other drivers you know have been professional athletes in other sports? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Uh you know, there's so many, you know, with all the NASCAR truck racers and Xfinity, Xfinity drivers and Cup Series racers, you know, you, you'd be surprised uh, how, how talented the drivers are in other sports. When I say other sports, you know, baseball players, golfers, you know, there's a lot of race car drivers that are exceptional golf players, you know, and I think, if they wasn't race car drivers, they'd probably be on the PGA tour. Uh, uh, you know, so to answer, to answer that question is, uh, you know, I think, you know, uh, there's been some race car drivers that are just been exceptional bowlers, you know, and to the point where they could have been a professional bowler, you know, and, and I think, uh, you know, so it's always interesting to hear what, you know, a professional athlete, NASCAR race car driver, what their hobbies are. And, and these hobbies, they would, could actually make a living doing what they're, what they're good at and with their hobbies, you know? So, yeah, I, I mean, that's a great question. And, and I would say golf players, baseball players, uh, bowlers, uh, 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 so absolutely, absolutely. That's a great question. And, uh, you know, these professional NASCAR race car drivers could make a living being, being other, being a professional athlete in other sports, you know what I mean? And I, and I think 
It's a great question, an interesting question, but I think the fans would love it if, you know, if, if all the different NASCAR drivers would share uh, with, with the fans. And, and a lot of them are probably already know uh, what their hobbies are and how good they are at them. You know what I mean? And to ask them the question, you know, if you wasn't a NASCAR race car driver, professional race car driver, could you make it as a professional and what hobbies that you're really passionate about and you're really good at, you know? So I think that's a very interesting question that makes you think. And, and, and I think we would so all be surprised. Let's flip it back on you, David. Uh, let, let, let's say if you weren't a NASCAR driver and you were going to pursue another sport back, back in your day, like what was, what was your best sport growing up besides racing? Like, I, I know that, you know, you, you were an athlete growing up and everything. What would you have wanted to, to, to pursue and be an athlete and if you if you weren't going to be a race car driver man that's that's really cool one of the you know i was a great baseball player and uh you know a great baseball player i don't know when i say great if i was good enough uh you, you know you know there's a lot of great baseball players but the you know the pe people pay in the major leagues you know they're they're exceptional you know there's only there's a lot of teams out there, but, you know, as you guys know, uh, it's tough to be a professional anything, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I sometimes I think about boxing, you know, you know, <laughs> I used to box and, uh, you know, and I still spar for a workout for, for only workout purposes only. Uh, uh, but, you know, maybe, maybe a baseball player or a boxer, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. 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 You know? Uh, Dominic, I, I feel like if, if we ask this question to a number of drivers, we can get a, a variety of answers, kind of like what David was talking about there. I mean, um, you know, I, I know that some people get caught up in thinking about, you know, T Tony Stewart calling himself fat all the time or whatever. But, I mean, beyond that, that's kind of the exception. You know, Jimmy Johnson kind of reset the standard of, of he and the Carl Edwards types of these racers being true athletes in that sense. Oh, big time. I look at somebody like Carl Edwards or Ryan Newman, guys that were like in really, really good shape. Ryan Newman looks like he could play linebacker for an NFL team. Carl, Carl Edwards looks like he's going to drop back on a five-step drop, make some reads and throw a pass as a quarterback in the NFL. Some of these drivers, you're right, Josh Wise, somebody else that really didn't make it as far as climbing that rung in NASCAR – but drivers train with him, triathlete, doing everything you can to keep your body a well-oiled machine. A lot of these guys are in really, really good shape. I mean, we always hear, oh, our drivers are athletes. Of course they're athletes. They train just like any other sport to be the best at their craft. But as far as crossing over to other disciplines, Tyler, the names I think of that immediately cross to mind, Jimmy Johnson, Carl Edwards, Ryan Newman, guys like this that you could tell they would excel in other sports just by looking at them. You know, they never to judge a book by its cover, but you can judge the book by its cover if they're very athletic. You can tell. Well, well, and the two things too that are so important: athletics that uh, I think you can point to a lot of these NASCAR drivers, uh, passion, competitiveness, which you know most of these guys have, and then instinct, and they got that too, and that bodes well across all sports as far as that goes. One more thing on this, David, along these same lines. Um, you've worked with and talked to a number of crew guys over the years and most, or at least a decent number, David, are, are former college and professional athletes themselves. Man, y'all brought up a good point. You walk up and down pit road any given weekend at a NASCAR race and you see these pit crew uh, members, men and women, uh, and, and, you stop and visit with them and, and introduce yourself to them, and man, you're looking at a, a you're looking at a defensive lineman. You know what I mean? It's like man, the, you're looking at a very fit athletic person, and you say, hey, you know how did you how did you become a you know a, a tire changer for a track house, you know, or or Hendrix or whatever organization they're with, you know? So well, man, you know. I, 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 I was a football player in college and I, I played for the Detroit Lions for a couple of years and, and I, you know, I hurt my, my, my knee or, or I injured this, you know, and, and man, I, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but, 
man, the guy, the, the men and women that are, that are pitting these race cars on any given Sunday are former NFL players. And, and when I speak about the women, uh, man, there's some really, there's some girls in our, in our sport that are very impressive athletes themselves. And I, and I ask them, I was a basketball player. I ran track in college, you know, and, and, uh, you know, they hear about opportunities in NASCAR and they come over here and they're very athletic and, uh, man, they ended up really making it as a pit crew member to, that service these race cars when we pull down pit road. But, but man, there's a lot of former NFL players, a lot of former, uh, college athlete football players on pit road that, that, that service these race cars. That's, uh, that's cool. Uh, Dom, I, I don't know about you. I know that you and I aren't much of athletes, at least anymore anyway. Um, uh, but I, I would love to try to be, be the gas man or something like that. I'd love to take my shot at trying to pit, pit a car. Oh, absolutely. It'd be a lot of fun to go over the wall and try to <laughs> help make a team and, and, and make that difference. There'd be a lot of fun, even on a picker for a day. Tyler, if you ever get the chance, the NASCAR Hall of Fame has the opportunity to, to jack up a vehicle, change some lug nuts back when the Cup Series was doing their five lug nut thing. I'm sure that thing is maybe one lug nut now, but you could actually go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame practice to be on a pit crew. Okay. Well, we'll end on this, David. Uh, uh, you, let, let's say that you're you're the crew chief and uh, Dominic and I are, are going to be on your crew. What 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 are you uh, uh, putting us as? Uh, what What's our assignments on the pit crew, me and Dominic? Well, y'all's assignment is just to make sure that the pit crew has water and they have what they need. <laughs> <laughs> you know, make sure that there's anything these guys need. They're hungry, they're thirsty, or whatever, you know, before that. Before their, their their cars come down pit road. <laughs> are you sure? I don't think Tyler and I are opposed to being tire carriers. We could lift the tire. Yeah. You know, you you, you mentioned something, the, the experience there at the Hall of Fame in downtown Charlotte and you know, where you, you get to have an opportunity to, to uh you know to to handle a an impact wrench and change, you know, hit five lug nuts off and put five lug nuts on, you know, and and I and I love that interaction. You sometimes you see it at the racetracks, uh you know, uh, in, uh, in the stands before a race starts, all the interactions for the fans before a, a race starts. And, and uh, I love to hear, hear people's perspective. You know, you can watch it on television all day or see it live if you're at a race and you say, that looks easy. But until you actually try to do it yourself, that gives you a new appreciation of what it takes athletic, you know, your athleticism, you know, and how how much of an athlete you have to be to be able to service these uh, NASCAR race cars when they come down pit road. It's not easy, and you guys probably can appreciate. You know, the when you go do one, the different. Uh, you know, the the new. Uh, you know, the appreciation that you get for the people that do do that for a living. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure, uh, guys. Uh, we're about to wrap up here, so uh, real quick around the room. Uh, What's uh what's going on this weekend, Dominic? Uh, you're uh, you're back to the uh, the racetrack. I completed that uh, West Coast swing there in uh, Phoenix, right? Two out of three and three out of four to begin the first part of the year. I'll be covering out there with Jonathan Field and our photographer, who happens to be my brother-in-law, Martin Vigil, to capture all the action at Phoenix Raceway. It's going to be a lot of fun. I uh, I'm headed back to uh, Tulsa this weekend for uh, my mom's birthday. Not going to reveal her age on air, so I don't get uh, mad at me before I even go up there, but. Uh, Happy birthday to my mom. Looking forward to seeing her this weekend. Uh, David, uh, you got a lot going on uh, this week with the, uh, the the racing school and everything, right? Yeah, since I'm not racing Phoenix, uh, working on a lot, of, a lot of my sponsorship stuff for the rest of the year. But uh, uh, since I'm not racing at Phoenix, uh, we, we have the Good Guys Car Show here at the Texas Motor Speedway. So, uh, you know, hopefully we're going to do six, 700 race car rides. And, uh, and, and as many limo race car rides as possible. So we'll be at the racetrack Friday, Saturday, and Sunday doing that. We got some corporate events coming up next week during the week as well. So, uh, but I'll be uh, tuned in to, to, to the action going on there in Phoenix. It's always an uh, exciting racetrack, and all the races there are exciting. But, uh, but I'm going to have a busy weekend at, at the Good Guys Car Show giving race car rides with our Team Texas High Performance Driving School. So it's going to be a busy weekend. Dominic, I mentioned my mom's birthday. Uh, you, 
you you almost forgot somebody very important's birthday. Well, save the best for last, right? My wifey, Felice, she turns 31 this week. So we celebrated her birthday actually before we came on air to celebrate the podcast. Her brother, our son Christopher, and myself, we got to go eat a nice seafood dinner. And it was a good time, guys. Friend of the show, she sends in questions from time to time. Well, tell her happy that's amazing, man. That's a uh, new husband, new baby, and, and uh, man, a great birthday. And, uh, man, life's, life's good. That's great. Right good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday to uh, Mrs. Dominic. Tyler, you got it wrong. Happy happy birthday. I mean, no, it's not Mrs. Dominic. Uh I would. She's probably the boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, D- D- Dominic is Mr. Feliz. Dominic, oh, oh, I'm Mr. Feliz. Yeah, you're Mr. Feliz now. Yeah. Well, I was go. You can. Well, you you wear the pants, but she chooses the color, right? Yeah. She, she wears she wears the fire suit in that family. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. With that, uh, we got to go. We got to put the jerk flag out on this episode. Uh, got some great stuff coming up the next couple weeks, so stay tuned for that. As always, uh, subscribe to the show. New episodes out each and every Wednesday. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Leave us a five star review or don't leave us a roll. And we'll see you right back here next week for David Starr, Dominic Aragon. I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks so long. Thanks for joining us.